Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy. And today we have an incredible guest. And no, I'm not talking about Chase because you will be hearing him meow from time to time because let's be honest, my cat is a bit of a dick. No, today's guest is a friend of mine that I've known for, I want to say 11, 12 years. 12 years I've known him. Um, ever since I started my entrepreneurial journey properly, we met at a seminar, hit it off, and have been friends ever since, randomly bumping into each other. Um, this dude is one of the guys that is a fellow copywriter, but still, I don't see him as a copywriter anymore. In fact, I see him far greater than just that title would ever give him. But the man's a genius when it comes to actually leveraging, pivoting, and learning a shitload of new sh stuff along the way. So strap in, put your headphones on, go do something incredible. If you have a notepad next to you, get it ready, because I'm sure he'll be dropping bombs on you, because he just does that automatically. Welcome to the show, my good buddy, Pete Craig. Pete, welcome to the show. Thank you, Adil. Um, yeah, that was a, that's, that's a big build up to, to live up to. Oh, dude, it's true. Yeah. I never say anything that I know that you couldn't deliver on. That's the one rule of the show. Whatever I say at the intro is the thing that we're going to run with. Okay. Um, but so. just, a, just a quick shout out before we get started. Uh, shout out to our sponsors, which is, of course, uh, this week's sponsor is acceleratingpotential.co.uk forward slash 90 hyphen day hyphen growth hyphen accelerator. I know a lot of hyphens and dashes. But there's going to be a link in the description as always. And of course, this show is sponsored by Adelancy.com. Go there, check it out, be cool, and have some good times, including, you know, some free stuff that we're giving away for you, or to you. Now, that being said, my first question, realistically off the bat, is I want to ask you, how the fuck did you transition from being a copywriter to what you do today? Because I've seen that change. You went from, I'm writing for someone else, to now I'm managing, I don't remember how you did it, but you were brokering deals at one point, and then now you're sitting as a consultant and advisor at different MD levels, which is incredible to me. So how did the pivot come about? I, I think um, and the I reality is, before we met, that was, um, so I, I've been in business for 30 years now. Um, my, my, first, my first foray into like business was uh, in, the night, in the nightclub industry, and I was one of the youngest nightclub managers in the UK at the time. Wow. Um, so, so prior to you know, us meeting, prior to me um, going down that route of becoming a, a copywriter, um, I'd had this whole other career before that, which was running businesses, either my own or other people's, in lots of different industries, and much of that pre, uh, pre-internet and pre-mobile um, pre phone. Um, just to, just to kind of like highlight how old I am now. Um, but uh, to give you guys um, an idea, his his business career is my actual age. <laughs> that that should give you an idea. Yeah, yeah, that that, that makes me feel old. Uh, don't worry, you don't even look your age. I still kind of freak out when you like because I was doing the math in my head and going, the minimum age is this for how old he is, and I was like, Pete's not that old. Pete's like barely in his thirties, and I'm like. No, 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 no. Pete's slightly older than you, bud, but still, <laughs> you don't look great. So, so no, you don't so no I, I had this. I had this whole other, you know, collect career and this uh, this collect bank of experience and knowledge that uh, that I built up before that. Um, copywriting was a uh, a direction that I took when, as a family, we re relocated to Cyprus, and mm -hmm. um, I, after taking a year out and not really doing anything apart from a lot of eating, drinking, and, uh, and traveling and sightseeing, uh, I decided that I, I wanted to do something else. And you know, writing, had always been, writing and communication had always been a passion. 
so I, I started looking at that and that's when I got uh, got into that fully and it was it was really while I was in that in that period in Cyprus from kind of like 2009 to 2012 where you know I um, I spent most of my time either writing copy for other people or writing copy as part of you know uh, another business that I was involved in at the time yeah curiously though I gotta ask because again timing and stuff is just scary to me about how things come about what specifically led you down the path of uh cyprus like why did you like because cyprus is beautiful and there was a lot of my friends that lived out there i know you lived out there cindy lived out there yarn lived out there zarn lived out there and so many other people but then there was like a mass exodus from cyprus like all of a sudden everyone left now again it's kind of booming again because i have a couple of my other friends that live there but my question is why the move back so, so let me answer the first question, why the move there in the first place? Um, the move there in the first place was, was pretty much, you know, spin the globe and where the finger landed was where we went. Um, yeah, th that's the reality. Um, unlike, most, unlike most people that go to Cyprus, uh, we went to the Turkish side. We went to the North Cyprus when we first moved over. And then we moved like a year later, we moved into, um, into like uh, Cyprus as, as most of us know it. Um, path but, for the first, yeah, yeah. but for the first year we lived in North Cyprus. Is Cyprus uh, pretty big? Cause I, I, I've been told that it's either really huge or really tiny. And I'm like, I can't really equate it cause I've not yet been. The, the reality is it's, it's quite small. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah it's, it's, it's not a huge country, but uh, yeah, it's, it's not one of the smallest. Um, to answer the question, why, why did I come back? Um, for me, it was a case of, um, there was a lot of stuff happening back here in the UK. So as a part of the business I was involved in at the time, I was coming back at least once a month. Right. And when I was coming back, I was getting approached with other opportunities. Uh, and to take advantage of those opportunities, I needed to spend more time in the UK. Um, add to that, you know, um, you know there's, there was very little apart from, you know, small groups of, um, like you said, like-minded people that were, that were living out there there was very little else from a kind of business structure perspective. So it was very difficult to, uh, to do much more. Um, yeah. and, and so we made the decision that actually now was the right time to move back. That sounds amazing and quite fun in some sense. Now, curiously, because it is a thing that I actually do want to get your take on, I don't really like bringing this in to shows, but again, I like to keep things pretty real and realistic with people I bring on the show. With the whole announcement of Brexit basically finally going through the way it is after four fucking years, um, and again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna color my political opinion on this because I don't really want to, but I want to know from a business perspective standpoint for the entrepreneurs that are listening to this because it is a global economic change and people who think it just affects the UK are sorely mistaken. How well? First of all, how impactful do you think this is going to be, either positively or negatively? And secondly, what can someone do to actually really prepare themselves for it? And I'm giving Plus, you like a big one right here, so that's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, personally, I I don't think there's going to be that much difference for most for most business owners, you know. Um, and well, let's let's kind of like break it down for for those big company for big companies that are doing a lot of import and export. There are going to be some issues. There are going to be some ramifications for those. Yeah, um, yeah, whether it's like staffing, whether it's kind of additional kind of import and export duties, whatever those things are, there are going to be some impact on those bigger companies. Yep. 
for those for those kind of like you know small to medium sized organizations you know businesses like the ones that you know you and I are running and lots of our friends are running um, I don't see there being too much difference there may be some increases in price that are required you know where we're where we're bringing materials in from from overseas or where we're employing labor um, and skills are needed so there may be some increase in prices from that perspective I personally think that in time uh, the UK market will strengthen um, without a doubt it always does it peaks and valleys yeah uh, so you know I think you know there's been a lot of concern about you know uh, the financial uh, financial organizations moving out of London and you know, that that may happen in uh, you know, in quite smaller uh, smaller areas but I, I don't think you know, it's going to have a massive impact on the UK it's my personal opinion um, and I think actually it, it creates a huge opportunity for you know UK entrepreneurs to think uh, think a little bit more creatively think out the box and try and try and figure out how they can how they can maximize and how they can uh, um, how they can leverage you know, this new situation that's about to about to you know hit us in the next you know, quite five ten years. Oh, massively! And the other thing as well is that we're going to look at, and this is my own personal opinion: uh, legal look out for legalization of marijuana. That's going to end up happening in the next, I'd say, two years easily. And the only reason is because, and a lot of people don't know this, but we are one of the biggest grow houses of medical marijuana in the world. There's something that UK does that no one wants to talk about. And you're like, so it's illegal here, even though the government's making billions off of exporting it. Wow. I, I, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, uh, if, if I remember a statistic, at one point we were the biggest grow house in the world that was wow. exporting directly to the US and to um, Europe. And it wasn't illegal. It was all controlled by the government. It's 100% above board because it's medical research. Uh, now it's becoming, I guarantee it's going to go mainstream because, well, two reasons. One, uh, the people are really going to need like a distraction because let's be honest, we are, and as much as I hate to say it, we are easily led. Yeah. As, yeah. as, a, as, as a people, we are so easily led in what we do and what we believe. Once you come to that realization of truth and accept it for what it is, trust me, you are a lot happier. But once you've got that realization of truth, then you can actually just build what's around you. Secondly, I agree with you entirely. I reckon it's going to help entrepreneurs think outside the box. But realistically, if you're a digital entrepreneur, if you're working for yourself, how affected are you going to be? Oh, my client doesn't want to pay me any money because of Brexit. Okay, we'll find some other clients in another country that will pay you that money. Why? Because we work in a freaking industry that allows you to, like most of my clients don't even live in the UK. Most of my clients are literally in Canada and Australia. Yeah. I th and I think that's a, that's a really good point. You know, I think uh, the reality is the face of business um, and the way we do business has changed dramatically. Oh, without if, a doubt. You know, I remember when, you know, when I first started in business, um, yeah, if, you wanted to, if you wanted to do a sales, um, if you wanted to sell something, you had to pick up a phone, dial a number, make an appointment, get in your car, drive to their office, sit down in front of them and do a presentation. Yep. That, that, you know, that was how biz, that was how business was done. That yep. was how you grew your business. It was physical on, you know, it was, uh, you know, feet on the ground, um, on the road doing business. Those, oh, yeah. those days are long, long gone. You know, it's, it's so, so easy to generate revenue now and to run a business and to run a business online. Um, easier than it's ever been before. And that is only going to continue to accelerate. I'd say it's both easier and more challenging than it's ever been before. Yeah. Um, I'd, yeah. Say, I'd, I'd say, and I want to preface that just by saying like, 
both Pete and I have been in business for a long time. I mean, I'm, I'm in my 12th year as an entrepreneur that writes for himself and runs his own business. Pete, who has a wealth of experience in comparison, we can both tell you that. Like, it's literally just a case of if you actually, it, it's easier on one hand, it's more challenging than another because you have more competition today than you've ever had in the history of what you do. But I truly believe the more competition there is, that gives you more of an opportunity to actually find your voice and find your tribe within that, that group. So if you have 100 people, you only have 100 people to pick from. Whereas now, like, you've got multiple millions of people. You don't t if all you needed was 100 people to actually run your business profitably and successfully to six figures and beyond, which, by the way, is the most you'll ever really need if you really do it correctly. Um, I think one of my clients... Uh, he literally has like 10 clients yeah. dude's doing like yeah. 10 million a year. And, and the only reason is because each one of his clients are specifically like the higher end of the fortune 100 that can pay him a million a year to do what he does. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not difficult. He's doing an amazing job. So for you today, it's a grand opportunity. It just doesn't seem like it will be because it's just, yeah, no, it's you're you're 100 right, and you know this is something I talk a lot about. You know, the the industry is changing. We do have so much choice. Consumers have so much choice right now, yeah. and yeah, um, you you're already see that there's a there's a lot of people now talking about how how even yeah. I think I think there's a few subtle things that have changed. Um, you know, the the first one is there's a there's now a lot of choice. The second one is that actually people are becoming more um, consciously aware. So, so people now have a much, much great or a, a large percentage of people have a real connection with who they are, who they want to work with, um, who, they, who they resonate with, who they feel aligned to. And those things are now driving their choices when it comes to um, you know, where they purchase, who they purchase from and you know, what they do. So you know, the opportunity now as an entrepreneur is actually to, and this is what... Uh, uh, Accelerating potential is, a, is, is primarily about, you know, one of the things that I, I help um, entrepreneurs and business leaders with is actually kind of understanding that in order to, um, in order to kind of stand out from the crowd now, you have to do th three things, in my opinion. The first one is you have to be authentic. Yep. The second one, you need to be relevant. And the third one, you need to be consistent. So by authentic, you know, I mean, you have to be yourself. You know, in, in business and you, know, you will have experienced this and some of the people that you work with, your clients, I know will, um, you will recognize this in them. You know, we, we put on masks. We become who we think our customers want us to be. And, you know, over time, what happens is that those masks build and build and build. And all of a sudden, we're no longer who we, who we really were. When actually at the core, what your customers want is they want you to be you. They want to know who you are. And that's what's making the difference these days. Those entrepreneurs, those businesses, those business leaders that are being true to themselves and who are being um, authentic and authentically real and talking from the heart and not just talking from the mind, saying what they think their audience wants in order to buy. Those are the people that are actually making an impact and cutting through the bullshit and, yeah. and, and getting people to connect with them. And this is where what, what you said before is exa exactly right, Adil. You don't need... A million clients you don't need tens of thousands of clients if you if you can connect with the right people who actually resonate with you because you're being authentic um, and who see the value that you're offering to them then they will pay you higher rates than they'll pay anyone else who's, who's offering a similar service 
I would agree. In which, in which case you need less clients. So, you know, focus your time on finding people that you want to work with, finding people that, finding your tribe, and that tribe will follow you, that tribe will pay, you know, uh, what, what you want in your business in order to get um, that time with you because all of a sudden, because what you're doing is you're being authentic and they recognize that and they feel that and they value that. Yeah, no, I would agree with you entirely. By the way, can you hear me okay? I've just switched yeah, on yeah. to change that yeah. background noise. Um, I agree with you entirely. It's one of the things that I resonate massively with and which is why uh, my, my product is literally called Story Selling Blueprint because of this one truth. When you understand it's essentially we're in the point where Jonas Sachs said it best. We're in the story wars. In today's day and age, what we are is people buy people. They always have, but more so than today, they buy your story and who you are, your authenticity for what you live from. And one of the best examples of this, look at 2015 onwards. Look at how every business model has gone from the guru business model to the personal brand business model and all the other fun stuff. And this is good for me because I love working with those types of clients. They're my exclusive clients that I work with as I work with personal brands. Now, the insanity of it all, which is something that always makes me laugh, is that people are not realizing this quick enough that what we're moving away from is old school direct response copy, which is it's all about you, very little about me, to a new evolution where people actually want to know more about you than they do about what you can do for them. Like, because yeah. the, once they know who you are, what they're, tr so the old way of thinking, I could get crucified for this, but fuck it, bring it. Um, the old way of doing things was, it's all about you and this product will help you get from where you are, this product is the bridge, it will get from A to B. I'm not discounting that. You need to definitely have that as your main focus. But what they used to do was they would only touch upon the right of the person that's writing. So it'd be like, dear friend, my name is Adela Marcy. And I was just like you a couple of years ago. And I'm essentially just telling you a story that is just relevant to your issues, which there's nothing wrong with. It's a brilliant way of doing business. But with the story selling blueprint model of how I do things and the stuff that I found that's worked over the last four years very well and moving on beyond is people want to know more about what the experience was for you. So when I go through a story with someone, so it's like if I was doing something for Pete, it would be along the lines of uh, with Growth Accelerator, dear friend, over the last 30 years, I've been in business. Over that time, I've held a series of different jobs and uh, different roles in different companies. And I brought that wealth of experience constantly moving forward. The only reason I've been able to be in business and survive and profit and thrive uh, for as long as I have comes down to three simple principles, and they are the ARC. And these principles are far more greater than they've ever been in the past, uh, than any other time in the past. Let me tell you a little bit about myself and how these principles play in play, uh, go in place. And then I'd tell part of your story. And then I'd say, and that's how I came up with ARC. You have that as well. So if you're sitting there going, okay, I, I, I'm a fit pro. Uh, how do I stand out? Because everyone has a really good fit pro story. They were homeless. They were this, they were that, they were whatever. Something that was said to me years ago, which always makes sense, is it could be the same story, but it's your story that's telling you. Absolutely, yeah. The reality is, you know, and we, we beat ourselves up over this as, uh, as, as just as humans. Yeah. You know, we want, you know, naturally, it's, it's within us that we want people to like us. Yep. Yeah, and, and in many cases, that's our downfall. 
because we get hooked up on the fact that everyone should like us and the fear of people not liking us stops us doing things. Massive. The reality is put your message out there. There will be, there will, you are going to repel some people. Yeah. There are going to be some people that just do not like you, do not resonate you, you know, it resonate with you. In some cases they may even hate you. Um, but that's their opinion. That's their reality. There will also be, by contrast, a whole bunch of people that absolutely love what you do and will connect with you. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the truth. As, as human beings, you know, it's in our nature to want to be liked. Yeah. And yep. so we stop ourselves being authentic for fear of not being liked. But there is always a client out there. There is always a, a customer out there, someone who will uh, buy your product over one of your competitors' products. But if you don't put your message out there and you don't put it out there authentically, you're not relevant and you're not consistent in how you put that message out there, then they're never going to find you. And then they can't build that rapport and that relationship with you. And then you can't grow your business. Very true. And I have a question about that in just a moment. So please remind me to ask you, uh, it's essentially just the question is, um, toward how someone would actually do that because overcoming fear is a big thing. So consistency and overcoming fear of being liked is two big things, but that's why I want to ask you in a moment, but I want to preface it by saying this, the more likable you are in person, that fear is going to come online with you. But why people don't like me, if I may give you my own personal way, because again, Pete, you've known me for fucking years. Um, how would you describe me? Cause we've met a bunch of times. How would you describe me as a person when we meet? I mean, for, for me, you've always just been you know, genuine. Um, there's never been any, from, from my perspective, from the, the day I first met you, you've always been exactly the same. You've always been very consistent. You've always been um, extremely uh, open and honest about how things, how things are, what's happening and what's not happening. Yeah, there, there are with everyone um, you know, moments where I've perhaps seen you wearing that mask. Um, but yeah, inevitably it always comes back to the same thing. You always do you know, open up. And you always do share that thing. So, you know, the, the biggest thing I would say is you know, you've always been a super passionate about what it is that you do. You've always been very, very clear about what your skill is and what your unique kind of genius is. Um, really and you followed that, that. You, you know, you followed, you followed that passion, you know, through ups and downs, through walls, you know, over walls, around walls, under walls, you know, you've done everything you can when other people would have stopped and thought, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Um, you've, you've continued because it's what you believe um, uh, you're here to do. And it's, it's what you believe you're, or it's what you're passionate about. Um, yeah, but you know, the biggest thing is you've always been, you've always been you. I appreciate that so very much beyond more than you can actually imagine. So I appreciate that to the highest levels. Um, and the reason I ask is quite simple. It's taken me years to get there. But when I came online, and this is, I'm sad to say, this is a realization that is constantly happening for me. It's a case of, and I, I was looking at my posts, it's always around November, I come with the biggest clarities to my life. It's always in November. If I ignore November, it will bite me in the ass, and then I find the clarity later down the line. And simply this, and hopefully these same words would heed wise to you. What Pete said is not what I would say about myself. That is not how I view myself. So it's good to have like honest people say things to you, especially when you're live on air in the moment. And that was just completely off, off the cuff, but it makes my point for me. The realization I came to, especially with today's day and age, start writing everything you do as you would say in real life. One of the things that I'm notoriously known for 
is I will make you laugh. You will laugh with me. Like if you spend any amount of time with me, I will get you to chuckle. I will get you to like go, oh my God, you fucking asshole. I can't believe I'm laughing at that. And if you're a really good friend of mine, I will take it too far. I will always take it to the place of dark, twisted humor that will make you either, actually I've never really had anyone look at me and go, what's wrong with you? I've always had the people like laugh and go, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Why do I find this funny? And we just keep going. So if that is your sense of humor, whatever your sense of humor is, whatever what type of person you are, be that online. And yes, you're going to repel some people, but here's the beauty of repulsion. It's going to actually increase the attraction of the right people. So so many people talk about like, oh, I don't want to lose friends. I don't want to lose friends. But think about the relationships that you will build and how much deeper they go because people now know you. Would you rather have, and kind of goes back to the old saying, would you rather have um, 1,000 customers that literally pay you maybe a, maybe a hundred to a thousand dollars and they're like so, so about you. They don't really talk about it. And they're like, eh, you know, adult's fine. Or would you rather have like 100 straight? And the reason I keep coming back to 100 is because it's an easy number to multiply to. Or would you rather have just like 100 people like your biggest fans that go out there, talk about you, that buy all your stuff that literally will spend up to like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand with you over the course of their lifetime and they just love you for who you are. Like if you're in a city and you're like, hey, I'm in London, who wants to meet up? They're the first people to say, hey, I'm in the same city, let's go get some food or let's get a coffee or let's hang out. And they don't have any qualm about like going, I want to pick your brain rather than just like, I want to hang out with you. If that is the relationships that you want to have and that's the whole thing. So my question to you is, as someone that has innovated the arc principle in the way that I'm looking at it, how do you actually start having, how do you go from the head to the heart is number one, because that's where authenticity is. And then how do you actually basically, uh, what's the R again? Please remind me. Cause I want to say relatability. Rele- about relevance. relevance. That's it. How do you get relevant? Because if you're the same as everyone else, what is the thing that makes you relevant? So yeah. obviously consistency is a self-explanatory one, but like A and R, how do you go through those two phases? So, I mean, authenticity, you know, really comes from, it's not, e- it's not easy. You know, like I say, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's easier if you're young, um, but it's not so easy when, you know, you're older, because as I say, you know, we build up these masks, we put these masks on to give this perception. You know, if, if you think about it, I've worked in probably 10, 15 different industries. And in every one of those industries, there's, a, there's been an expectation of how, I should present myself and what I should be. Yeah. So you know, when you think about, you know, right at the, the early start in, uh, you know, at 18, you know, 18 years old, I was the, the youngest person in the building because everyone else had to be over 18 because they were, they were drinking. I was the youngest member of staff. I was the youngest manager. Yeah. And so straight away, yeah, there was an expectation. People were looking at me to see how I would respond to different things and people would try and provoke me. People would, goad me to try and do different things and to get different responses from me so very quickly at that age i had to learn what was important to me and then i had to learn to be able to um communicate at different levels you know so whether it's to you know the person who's had too much to drink and needs to leave whether it was to the doorman you know who in those days weren't weren't licensed you know and they were they were basically just the you know the city's hard men um yeah. you know to the uh, um to the managers to the staff you know, to the business owner and his investors. I had to learn very quickly to be able to communicate at their level. So at all of these different levels, but you can only, you, 
<clears throat> which is which is difficult enough in it, in itself, you know, to be able to do that. Um, but then what it does is you 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 realize when you look back that actually what you've done is you've created this mask, you've created a facade that you put on in order to deliver that message to that person at that time, in order to make it feel authentic. Yep. And, and that's happened you know, over years and years. And it's only in the last probably 10 years um, that I've really like, realized that and started to dig down to, to understand, you know, what's, who am I authentically? You know, because I'd lost sight of that. I'd lost sight of that because I've built up all of these different things. And, and when you start to strip that back, you know, it takes a while. Um, it takes dedication. Um, you have to want it because it's painful. Um, and it does, me, it does need you to be truthful because our minds will, much as it doesn't matter whether you're in a really bad state. So if you're in a, if you're in a position in your life where everything's going wrong, um, and nothing seems to be working and you know that if you do this thing if you follow this path um, things will change and you have to follow that path in order to make things change the challenge there is and this is why habits don't work this is why resolutions don't work the challenge is that by moving off and doing this other thing you're putting yourself into a into a new uncomfort zone yep. and your brain and your body are wired you know, to be comfortable where they are. So it doesn't matter what the pain is. This is why, you know, with addiction, you know, in a lot of cases, people find it so, so hard to give up because although the pain is, is really great, um, actually coming out of that and facing the reality of that is even harder. So you slip back because your body and your mind are telling you, no, come back here, come back here. It's easier here, e even though it's still painful. Yep. I mean, so, so, it take, so it takes a lot of time and a lot of dedication. You have to do a lot of soul searching, a lot of questioning, you know, um, and one of the things that, that has helped me through that is, you know, is meditation, a lot of call it spiritual work, a lot of call it personal development work to really help me strip, strip back what's going on um, and get to, you know, what really is my message? Who do I, who do I really want to spend time with? You know, when you've been around for, for a long time, you realize who you want to spend time with and who you don't want to spend time with, you know, who makes you happy. Think, think about things like that, you know, just you know, close your eyes for a moment and think about, you know, who are the, who are the five people that make me the happiest in the world? Um, what is it? And then think, ask yourself, what is it about those people that make me so happy? That, uh, that then starts to give you an indication of the type of people that you want to spend more time with. And then you can start to ask, then you can reach out to them and say, why do you like spending time with me? A little bit like the question you asked, you know, how do I see you? it's amazing you know that is such a powerful process to do to ask someone what they think of you how they see you how they perceive you why they hang out with you exactly especially it's it, it does put you just uh, just so learn a few people know it will put you at risk you will feel like oh my god what, do, what are they gonna say because when i asked that question to you a bit of me just went ah fuck what if pete comes out and says i just think you're an asshole but like we get along so i was like yeah i was like that could happen it, it's yeah. a it's a reality but look at what people are saying because honest like the truth is whenever you again just to interject one of the best ways i've figured this out for myself is using the isolation tank mm. yeah i mean I, like that i've got to go at some point again it's been like a year since i've been but um during the height of me using the isolation tank which is weekly yeah i got the most clarity ever 
in who I was. Yeah. And by the way, I will, I will give you guys a heads up, which is try and go in with a goal of a question. So it, the question could be, who am I? And you run from there. And it, it's a very powerful way of looking at things. But please continue on. I'm going to mute myself for just a moment, but please continue. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, yeah. Isolation tanks are great. Meditation is great. You know, um, personally, I've uh, I've also done um, a kind of like a fair bit of work with plant medicines, entheogens, um, you know, ayahuasca, for example. That's that's really helped, and that, there's a lot of people now. Not it's it's become a it's become more of a fad for a yes. lot of people. People are doing it for the wrong reasons. When actually, you, know, you get the best results from it if you feel called to it. Yeah, so there's a lot of people that are doing it almost as, you know, it's kind of like, you know, plant medicine tourism. They're going out there just because, oh, my mate did it, so I want to do it. Um, without but actually, doubt. go on. No, no, I was going to say without a doubt, and w w please finish your point, uh, actually. Um, yeah, but actually it is a calling. Yeah, it's something that you feel deep inside you. Something needs to change. You've tried everything else and nothing is changing. Uh, and you, you want you want to find an answer and those those medicines give you a bridge they give you a connection to that they let you see something else um and then the important thing is not just to do the ceremony the important thing is to work with people who can actually help you beforehand so help you prepare so as you go into it in the right frame of mind and then help you implement it afterwards so the most important stage is the stage afterwards which is implementation yeah so what's happened you know you've helping you to kind of digest to unpick the messages that you got and then helping you to implement those into your life in order to create change. If all you do is go and do the ceremony and then you come back into your busy life, the same old life, you might feel a change for a couple of weeks, but you're not gonna have lasting change. True, and the other thing I'd say with the whole calling to, because, so to give you guys an idea, I hadn't actually used anything that's medicinal like that plant-based since I was 28, until I was 28. So it's been about two years for me. Prior to that, when I was 25, I got called to ayahuasca no less than eight times in the space of six months. I had three clients that just literally done ayahuasca ceremonies and they were like, you need to go do it. One of them wrote a book and sent it to me about it, like how CEOs need to do ayahuasca. Our good friend Toby Street was yeah. nonstop about it, like Faith Hugh. There was just so many people that kept going on about the ceremony. And the truth is, I didn't pick up the call at that time because I didn't want to for whatever reason. Since then, I've wanted to, like, it's on my list of, like, I really want to go do ayahuasca, but my, but my one golden rule to that, not until it's calling me. Mm. When it calls me, then I'll go for it. Because yeah. up until that point, I didn't want to. I was just some scared little kid that was like, okay, if I go there, what's going to happen? Whereas now I've looked into it, I really understand. And one of the other aspects that, in my opinion, destroys ayahuasca. So, I, again, I research everything. Like the first time I got baked on, uh, the first time I started looking at marijuana as a healing uh, plant-based medicine, if it's done correctly for some of the ailments I do have, I went knee-deep in it, like really knee-deep. Like I figured out what strains were good for me, what I needed, how my brain would react, what my brain would respond to, what the methods of delivery are. Just, it, It's an incredible amount of uh, research that you go through. Um, fun at times as well, but an incredible research nonetheless. When I was looking at ayahuasca, one of the things that people are like, if it, look, if you're doing a plant-based medicine tour where you're like, my mate did it, whatever it is, let me give you some advice for like, and Pete, obviously, please jump in because you've obviously done it. But one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever been given research to 
go completely like almost go into a uh, vegetarian clean eating diet for about three to six weeks prior and then like about 10 days beforehand if you do it with the right people they'll give you a tobacco infused tea at the yeah. start ceremony because that's going to make you puke and shit your pants so if you're plant-based and clean eating anyway it's going to help that whole situation a little bit better but secondly while you're going through the recovery phase, a shitload of fruits will definitely help you because that just metabolizes your body in a much different way. So it opens you up to receive ayahuasca without all the gunk and shit that's in your head that basically like weigh you down. So that's two things to actually know. And the third, please, for the love of goodness, make sure that you have somewhere reputable to do it with because you may not believe this, and most people don't, that's fine. I do. You're opening up a door you're opening, even if, that, if you think a dimensional gateway is internal to your soul, you're still opening a fucking door. You don't know what goes on behind that door. You don't even want to know what goes on behind that door. So if you're not ready for it, remember that door's going to, like, when you open it, it's going to fuck you up. It's the same rule with LSD. Um, like, you don't do LSD. Well, you can do LSD without, like, being in a good place. But if you use it for medicinal uses... Um, yeah, it, it it's it's gonna open you up to some stuff. Like that's just something a friend of mine told me. It was like if you're if you're running from something, LSD will push you to that thing and be like, Hey, run that thing you ran from, here it is. Now visualize. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're you're spot on. And um yeah, who you do it with, um, not just who leads the who leads the ceremony, but also the the people in that group are, yep. are so important for that for that very reason. Yeah. And friend of mine, um, a good friend of mine has been He's been on this journey for 15 years. He's actually just moved over to Peru um, to take up a, an apprenticeship with a, um, a long line, a long lineage of um, shaman. Pipo, uh, shaman. And he's running a, a retreat center with those guys and they're doing their first retreat now. Um, yeah, so, so there's a whole bunch of you know, six brothers who are all quite shaman. They've all been trained uh, in those practices. It's been passed down from generation to generation. And he's now sitting with them and helping them, guiding them through that. Um, you know, his wife's a, a Peruvian, Peruvian woman uh, who has also been on the uh, shamanic journey for the last 10 years. Yeah, and those guys are coming together and, and doing exactly that. They're creating a, a very, very safe space for people to go and have you know, pro experience a proper transformation that includes, like I said, all the pre-work and then all the integration work afterwards. So if anyone's interested, I think uh, I'll, I'll give you the link afterwards, Adil, and you can put the link in. Uh, it, it is by, you know, the way they run theirs is by application only. They have a conversation with every single person that applies to make sure that they're a good fit, that their energy is in the right place. Um, so for me, <clears throat> you know, that ticks all the boxes because then you're, you're, you know you're getting in and you're going to spend time um, with the with, right with the right people yeah. yeah yeah it's it's the same with um for those that are doing uh psilocybin mushrooms the same rules apply by the way uh set and setting are a huge thing um like i've i've had the honor of doing it a few times with different peoples and my best time i've ever done it with was with one of my best friends who i consider my sister yeah. we literally sat down both did and it was a place of pure love but it was someone like I know if I open up my ridiculous mind to and tell them what I'm seeing and thinking, their only response is going to be, oh, this is what my mind is doing rather than your weird fuck off. 
Yeah. So that's like, and again, it's people's energies. I, I don't want to put too much. I put, I don't want you to put too much stock into this, but I want you to have enough stock into understanding people's energies. And what I mean by too much is the people who go, when you ask them how their day is going, the answer isn't good, bad, in between. It's not a feeling. It's like the universal alignment of the energy is like, no, you've gone too far. You're drinking the Kool-Aid, back up a second. Like, take a two-step back and still keep that balance. If that's you, fine, but keep a balance to it. It's just what I say with everything in life. That being said, however, because I know we spoke, we didn't jump into relevancy as deeply, but I want to ask you with relevancy, what would be something that people do to actually become relevant to the industries, places, and the people that are so, so, I mean, you know, like, like we said, authenticity, take, take some work and it's, you know, it's, it's, it can be done and through, um, through the 90 day accelerator and through the coaching that I, and consulting that I do with clients, yeah. I work a lot on helping them understand who they are authentically. Yeah. Um, relevancy you know, kind of comes next because you have to understand who you are authentically first. Um, and then once you understand that, then relevance is about really understanding your audience. Uh, so it's about understanding who they are, what their problems are. So this always works far better if, if you've actually experienced um, the thing that your client is doing, if you've worked in that industry, if you've been in that space, um, if you've worked with clients before. So you really understand what their challenges are. And when I say challenges, I mean they're authentic challenges, they're real challenges, not, not the ones, and you'll have seen this as deal, you know, when you consult with companies. Um, more often than not, you know, uh, many times I've been engaged to go and work on a particular problem and it might be a marketing problem. You know, so you go into the business, you start talking about that and then you start noticing all these other things that are going on. And actually the problem isn't the marketing problem, the problem that they thought it was, the problem is something else. It might be product, it might be people, it might be pricing, it might be just the, the way you run the business. So it could be any of those things. So you become relevant by really understanding who your market is and being able to speak to their specific challenge. Yeah. So I'll give you an example, and uh, this is an example that I put in a, a report recently that I'm about to release, which is uh, the ARC principle. Um, and we'll use marketing as an example because there's so many marketing agencies out there these days. Um, if you were looking for, um, give an example, if you were about to launch a fashion, fashion brand for um, senior executives, um, female senior executives, and you were launching a fashion brand, that was your target audience. So you go online and you're looking for a marketing consultancy, to brand consultancy, to, to work with you to help with this launch. And you come across all these adverts and all these adverts and saying, we can do this for you. We can do that for you. We can run your ads. We can do your SEO. You know, we can do everything. You know, there's always those companies that think they, or that think the way to get to their market is to say, we do everything. Um, when in reality, we know that those people who claim to do everything, you know, are usually pretty shit at most, most of it. Yep. Um, and, they, and they don't get the results that you really want because you want to focus on one, one thing, one thing at a time. And then there's an advert that stands out. And that advert, basically, or, or that, um, that agency, basically their, their advert is, yeah, after, uh, after 30 years working in the fashion industry as a senior executive, yeah, I can help through, through my branding consultancy, I can help you um, uh, launch your business, accelerate the growth of your business using the exact tools that I, that I employed uh, for Gucci on a campaign that tripled their sales into a brand new market. 
So straight away that sound that that stands out because a the person who's writing it is an executive. She's also a female. She's also launched into um, launched um, quite similar products for companies like Gucci. So straight away she becomes relevant because she uh, she hits all of those markers. So that person is going to stand out head and shoulders above everyone else as the person that you want to speak to. So she becomes highly relevant to you at that particular moment in time. Now, if you were already established and you weren't looking to launch, then she wouldn't be relevant unless she then, her, her message was then, and you know, I, you know, I can help you scale your business. You know, your business has launched, your first year has gone by, you're ready to, launch, to, to release your, uh, your second um, call it season of fashion wear, and you're ready to scale. I can help you do that. Yeah, so, unless, so it's about becoming relevant at, this, at a specific time. And that, that can be, that only has to be, you know, one or two messages uh, because there will always be people in your, in, your, uh, in your audience or people that are your target audience who are going through that particular process. So if you're targeting startups, startups are always going to face, you know, one of half a dozen challenges. So, and there are they're always startup businesses starting. So you can hang your you can hang your hat on one or two of those things and know that if you're consistent in your marketing, you're consistently putting that message out, you're consistently being authentic. Uh, and so you can be relevant. You'll be relevant at some point to one of those startups. Without a doubt. And I will agree with you fully. There's also another aspect that I look at, which is the idea of traffic getting. Like, how do I get people to look at my marketing? We live in a day and age where free is better than it's ever been. Fair enough, there's more competition, but that doesn't mean it's not easy to, like, okay. YouTube is one of the easiest places for you to scale quickly, as is LinkedIn. Facebook is a little bit harder nowadays, but like LinkedIn and uh, YouTube, my God, it's a field day. To give you an idea, I, like, I did this video like a year and a half, two years ago. I think it was on landing pages within about three or four days, I was in the top 10 search results for landing pages, even though my competition was like guys like Neil Patel and Russell Brunson. Mm. To which, again, I will throw the gauntlet in because I'm trying to get uh, Russell Brunson on the show. I'll go to toe -to with Russell, uh, Russell every single day. I will out-convert him. I'll out-convert most people. Why? Because I know what my skill is. But at the same time, it took me fucking ages to get there. And figuring out how to do it relevantly on social media is something that you need to put out there. And again, to refer back to your earlier principle, Pete, you're going to piss some people off. Yeah. At the end of the day, the people that you that do stay are, some, are going to be some of the best people you ever work with. So what do you want? A big list of people that are like indifferent towards you or a small list of people that dislike you with a huge list of people that are like embedded on your journey? Absolutely. Absolutely. The choice you I just I want to throw something else in there as well because it's very easy to think that the arc, um, the kind of arc principle, uh, authenticity, relevancy, and, and consistency is only applicable to you know your your product or yourself. Um, it's not. As you start to grow your business, it's important that that, that becomes part of your culture. Yeah. yeah and I, I use this example sometimes within um, when I'm working with teams. If 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 you've got a sales team and one member of that sales yeah, and you've uh, so you imagine this, um, as a consumer, you've been ringing up a company and you've been asking them questions about their product. So as you can try to make a decision as to whether you're going to buy that product, the person that you've been on, that you've been on the phone to the same person every time you've called and that person understands the business. They love what the business stands for 
um, and they have consistently and authentically um, uh, represented that business and answered all the questions in a way that you feel comfortable with. Yeah, so you get to the point where actually, yeah, now I know this is the right company because everything that the, the boss has been saying has been replicated. Every time I've rung this person, they're saying exactly the same things. You know, they're saying it with, they're being 100% honest and, and transparent with me. And I feel that this company is what they say they are. So I'm ready to spend my money now. Exactly. So, and so, so, you make, so you make the phone call um, on, a next, on the next day and the person you've been speaking to is not there. Someone right. else answers. And this salesperson has absolutely no interest in the business at all. They're just there to earn a paycheck. And instantly, there's a disconnect. And you switched off. Instantly, there's a disconnect and that sale's lost. So when you think about like growing your business and you think about these principles, these principles carry across right throughout your business in your marketing messaging, in how you communicate as, a, as an individual, how you communicate in email, how you communicate by letter, how you communicate internally as a team, how you communicate externally, um, and also how you build your culture within your, within your um, company or your organization. All of those things, if you get all of those things right, then you will experience growth in your business. There is, there is no doubt about that. You will experience growth. Yeah, and I've got countless examples of you know, yeah. people that I've worked with where I've helped like, them address perhaps just one of those issues, get clarity on one of those different things, and it's resulted in the way, a different way that they present their business, which has resulted in increased investment in their company or allowed them to see something else, align with something else, and then you know, generate sales in a different way. That's always powerful. One thing I'll actually add as a caveat to that, that is uh, that's definitely really helped me out is if you have that inconsistency in your team, look, so what I mean to say first of all is have you done your own sales training? Have I done sales training? Not, not you. I mean like as a person and you're thinking through, um, have you done your own sales training? Because when right. you go through your own sales process and figure out what's going on, you, when you teach that forward, you can show the salespeople how to do that. Or did you just hire a salesperson? It's literally there for the idea of like, this is an easy sell. I can sell this. I can sell anything. Where's yeah. my commission? Because I guarantee you that person will outsell everyone else. But again, it goes down to the, it goes down to principle. You have 1000 customers that are ambivalently, they, they don't really give a shit about you. Uh, and of course, maybe a few do. Or you end up getting someone that's literally understood that they build a relationship. They get on the follow-up. They understand everything that's going through they're the ones that you end up building lifelong customers with. And something that I'd also add in with the RF uh, model is why I'd add in with F, which is follow, uh, follow up. Yeah. Yeah. You've got consistency, but now start following up with people yeah. because uh, I, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier. I was like, why haven't you followed up with people? Like, Oh, no one picks up the phone. Right. I'm like, okay, no one picks up the phone to you, but what's your messaging to them? Oh, I just want to catch up and see how your health goals are and all this, that, the other. I'm like, they don't care. What they actually care is the easiest way you can get around this if you do have a problem with this is because their whole thing was, I want to ask them a really important coaching question that will help my marketing because they're part of my market research. I was like, but you've not told them this. Yeah. Literally say to them, hey, listen, can we get on the phone for five minutes? I really want to figure out exactly what's going on. You're my perfect client. I just don't know what's stopping you buying um, and stopping everyone else buying. And I feel a rapport with you. Do you mind if we get on the phone and figure this out? Um, and as an added bonus, 
uh, I'll spend 15 minutes on your health with you where we can basically figure out a plan for you to get started on today. Would that be cool with you? Nine out of 10 times, I guarantee someone will come back with either a yes, a no, or let's get on the phone. Yeah, yeah. I, I, want, I want to pick up on something you said there because it's, it's something that happens a lot. People, people reach out and they say, can I have a chat? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know him or if, or if you've read his, read his book, but uh, Rich Litvin, um, yep. author of Prosperous Coach, um, he talks about, uh, he talks about this and he talks about when people send him a message and say, can I have a chat? And he tells his, tells his clients this, um, his response is no, but if you want to have a discussion about how, you know, my coaching can help you yeah, then I'll, I'll set aside two hours of my time in yeah, none of those bullshit 15 minute, you know, um, kind of like discovery calls, two hours of my time, because his belief is that. You know, a chat is seen as a um, a chat is seen as a social thing. Yeah, let's meet for a chat over a coffee. That's not business. Yeah, that's social, and you're already starting to cross the boundaries of you know of, of the business stroke personal relationship. And when you're trying to make a sale, that's not what you want to do. Exactly. The second thing is, yeah, he wants he wants a them to know that he values their time by setting aside two hours. But b more importantly than that, he knows that. Um, the best way for him to sell his services is for people to experience him. Exactly. No, which brings I, us back to authenticity because then they're in a situation where he, they're experiencing him authentically doing what he does. And at the end of that, at the end of that conversation, he asks, he, he'll ask them a question. Yeah. You, you know, do you, or they'll either ask a question, how can we work together? Or he'll, he'll ask them a question. Yeah. Yeah. Would, would yeah, a continued relationship like this work for you? That's a great way of doing it. And I'm going to go ahead and stress this because um, main reason I only say this is because I've, I'm going to get some people messaging me, but Adel, but you do this. I'll explain. I've always said for a long time, don't do free calls. I don't do free calls. If it's market research stuff, that's a whole different relevancy. Like if you're calling someone to get on the phone to actually figure out who your audience is, so you can, that's a whole different kettle of fish. If you're calling to get on the phone with someone to actually really do a sales call and start business with them, um, the way that I work with that, whenever I get asked that question, is I refer back to an Amazon wish list. Yeah. My response yeah. is, uh, sure, but the way I work is quite simple. Um, is this just a friendly chat or is this you want to talk, copy, and work? And like, I want to talk, talk, copy, and work. I'm like, okay, cool. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to send you my Amazon wish list. I want you to pick out an item for me. I'll send you all my relevant details. Send it over to me and tell me what it is that you sent because I don't like surprises. What this, what this automatically does, it buys you 15 minutes of my time. It gives you 15 minutes for me to sit down with you. Now, here's where the rules go a little bit. You have to pay attention. One, I don't want to speak to you for more than two minutes on that phone call at the start. I don't want to speak to you for more than five minutes after that phone call. The 15 minutes are literally going to be me running through your stuff and asking relevant questions when and if I need to. Before that, I need your website. I need to know exactly what end goal you want, and I need to know exactly what you're looking to do with me. Once I have those stuff and things, great. And by the way, your 15 minutes, if you don't feel like I've de de delivered insane levels of value to you, I'll pay for the gift because I wanted it anyway. It's on my list for a reason. Great, get on the call. And as you saw earlier, my brain has always worked in that way where I can verbalize copy like that. Yeah. And that's what I do. That's the reason, uh, that's what I do. And the reason I've narrowed it down to 15 minutes, by the way, is because I know in a 15 minute block, if I said it in five minutes, I can do it in five, but no one wants to believe me in five minutes. Yeah. So if I go 15, it gives them more time. So 
at the start of the call, we'll have like, hey, tell me more about yourself. Great. Have you had a great day? Super. Like, so I've looked at your business. I need some clarity on this. Bam, bam, bam. Clarity done. Hit record. Go. And then I just go through my stream of genius of what it is. And at the end of it, I'll end the call and be like, hey, so you have two options that you can, you have three options of what you can do here. Number one, you can go ahead and transcribe this, implement it yourself and see what happens. Number two, you can actually get another copywriter to try and put this in place if, you know, the finance is right. Or number three, we can work together, continue moving forward. And I would personally want to do this as a consultant and an editor, which costs a little less for you, but it means a little less stress for me. Um, so we both went on that. Would that be something of relevance and interest to you? And, you know, eight out of 10 times, I'll get a yes. The only reason I don't get the other two is because they don't qualify or they can't afford me. So I'm like, I've got a gift. They've got something to run with. And I found this before. Those people that didn't buy the first time when I followed up with them like a week later, bam, they bought. And don't worry, I'm cognizant of time. So my very last question for UP, and it's one that I want to ask um, and give it as long as you want, really, because the floor is yours on this one. When life has kicked you down and felt like your confidence is completely shook, back against the wall, the whole thing, what is it you've done to pull yourself back out and maintain, uh, maintain yourself so you don't fall back into those always? And the second is, if you were to give three book recommendations that you would just give to anyone, what would they be? Okay. So the first one, let's tackle the first one. Um, yep. So there's a, there's a couple of things here. The first one is usually when things go wrong, um, it's because I'm not doing the things that I know keep me in flow. Yeah. And, and those things for me are um, daily meditation, exercise, and healthy eating. When I don't do those things, um, things start to fall apart. So whenever things, and, and I know, you know not everything is in our, our control and sometimes things... Um, Sometimes things happen outside of our control, but those things can, if you, if you get consistency, if you know where your flow is, if you know where you operate the best, if you know where you're in that zone where things just come to you, you know, we've all had those experiences where you, know, you, you walk out the door and someone, you know, someone smiles and waves at you and says hello. And you know, the, the next thing that happens, you land the client that you wanted. And it seems like everything is just going right for you. We've all had those days. Yep. Um, if you think about those periods in your life, what were the things that you were doing consistently? You know, what was your mood like? How, how, you know, how were you dressing? You know, were you exercising? Were you doing this? Were you doing that? Who, who were you spending time with? What books were you reading? You know, what, how did your day look? Because success leaves clues. You know, so look back at those, those periods in time when you were on it, when you were in flow, what are those things that you did consistently that allowed that to happen? That's the first one. Remind yourself of what those things are and then just ask yourself, have I been doing that? That's the first thing to, to kind of check. The, the second thing, and this is something that uh, a friend of mine and a friend of ours um, reminded me of, and it's actually a, a Dan Sullivan strategic coach thing, which is called filling the gap. And it's, it's essentially look back at whenever you feel like things are going wrong, whenever you feel like, everything's fallen apart. You're questioning your ability. You're questioning your, uh, your experience, your knowledge, why people would pay you for a service. Um, look back over the last 10 years and write down, write down, physically write down, not on a computer, write down with a pen and paper, every single thing that you've achieved. Yeah. The sales letter that you wrote that generated, you know, millions of pounds for, you know, your customer, 
um, you know, the consultancy uh, that you did for a, for a particular company that went on to do X, Y, Z. Write all of those things down yeah, and then read them through. Because by reading them through, what it does is it, a, it reminds you of all the great things that you've done, but it triggers in your brain, it triggers particular, those same emotions. So as you're looking through those things and reading them out and replaying those scenarios in your mind, you're refiring those same emotions. So that emotion that you felt when that client rung you up and said, hey, great job, thanks so much. You know, the, the copy that you've just written has, uh, has generated $2 million in sales and I'm just about to wire you your commission. Yeah. What did that feel like? Yeah. You will, you know, your brain will re-trigger that emotion. And, and that, those, you know, the combined effect of all of those things being triggered, all of those emotions being triggered again, will start to pull you out and put your brain into a, into a new place or into a place that's, that's less negative than it was. And if you do that on a daily basis, that will, that will start to kind of pull you out of that, that slump. That's an incredible way of doing it. Like, so that's, that's a powerful way of doing it. So, so that's, I mean, there's a, there's a whole bunch of different ways you can do it, but those, those are the ways that I've actually found you know, quite effective. Um, mm -hmm. The one other one is what we talked about, touched on earlier, which is send a message to, you know, friends and colleagues and say, Hey, you know, what do you love about me? Yeah. Why, why do you hang out with me? Because all of those things, like you say, we don't see what other people see. And when those messages come back, all of a sudden you start looking at yourself in the way other people look at you, not the way your mind is telling you you look. Yeah. Because your, your mind has a different agenda. Okay. Um, your subconscious is in, is in control and it shouldn't be. Yeah. Okay. So you have to find ways to kind of bypass it and hack it and, um, and rewire it. Yeah, which is not always the most simplest thing, but this definitely helps, especially with the way that you're doing it. So that's awesome. So what are the three books that you'd recommend? Um, I'm just uh, looking around because I'm reading a bunch of stuff at the moment. Um, this one. Um, uh, I'll tell you why in a second. So Earth Medicine, it's called. Um, and it's by uh, an author called Jamie Sams. And essentially it is, uh, it's, it's basically kind of ancestral wisdom of um like the native americans and there's a there's a there's a piece in the at the beginning of the book um and where you can work out where to start which which page to start on and essentially you read a page a day okay for 365 days and pretty i can i can tell you i've been re i've been doing this now since i don't know uh, november um Pretty much every time I open the page for that day, the message that's on that page is perfect for how I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing, or what I need to remember. You know what's the? You know what's a really good book that does that for me? Um, Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. Uh, yeah, yeah. Same, same thing. It's always relevantly weird. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let me, I'm just having a quick look to see what others really Oh, The, the other one I recommend everyone reads is the four agreements uh, yep, by uh, Don Miguel Rears. Uh, again, I think it's just, um, it's a fantastic book. It really is. It took me a while to get to that book. Yeah. Um, and the other book that, there's so many, but the other, the other book that 
really made the difference for me and in the way that I look at um, you know, business um, and quite started me looking down this path of or reflecting on everything I've done and what I've seen work, which resulted in you know, the art principle, because that was linked to how I've done business for the last 30 years, was Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Book. Absolutely brilliant book. Um, <clears throat> it's strange because I love Simon's work. But I've really enjoyed his new book, The Infinite Game, so far. Yeah, I've not read that one yet. It's there, ready to be, uh, ready to be. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, oh. so that's. So wait, did we go to three or did we get two? Uh, that was three. Um, okay, cool. Four, so, four agreements. Um, Earth medicine. And start with why. Excellent books, guys. Go check out uh, Pete's website, which is of course. Uh, acceleratingpotential.co.uk forward slash 90 dash day dash growth dash accelerator links will be in the description as always reach out to him on social media he's a really good dude and very quickly pete what's the name of your podcast because i know that's coming out so what's the name uh, of the podcast is called creation creation excellent go check it out it's going to be awesome i'm going to be on it so we're going to link my episode to it as well from my site um but there's some incredible guests already on there. I know you guys, you had Scott Rowick on there, who is, yeah, again, yeah. a great, great friend of ours. Who else have you had that's actually, like, you would recommend um, people listen to? Uh, so Scott Rowick, um, I'm about to, so Scott Rowick, um, Hither Man, if you know Hither, um, Andy Murphy, who's a peak performance coach for um, nice. kind of like CEOs, celebrities, authors, um, athletes, UFC fighters, um, amazing guy. Um, Steve Bolton, founder and chairman of uh, Platinum Property Partners. Uh, lined up. I've also got um, uh, Nita Bushan and Ajit Nawalka um, and uh, a whole bunch of others that are, that are coming soon. I do like uh, Mr. Nawalka. I actually had him on my show. It's a really good fun, yeah. he was a fun guest to have. Yeah, for sure. But guys, um, and, and actually one, one other that I'm super excited about, which is uh, uh, a lady called uh, Elise de Tonac. Um, Elise is a uh, a uh, Frenchman who started a company called SeedStars. Uh, SeedStars is a global incubator and accelerator. They're now in 70 countries around the world. Um, wow. 200, 300 staff. She's not even 30 yet. Um, wow. an amazing woman with an amazing mission. And they work primarily with, uh, with startups in uh, emerging countries. You know, so Africa, South America, uh, Asia, um, and pull those guys through, give them funding. Uh, but an amazing organization. I'm super excited to be speaking to her. Brilliant. Guys, go check that out. It's going to be incredible. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Uh, if you found this show amazing or fun or relevant in any way, shape, performance impacts, you please let me know through social media. My handle is Adel Amarcy, except for on Facebook, where it's Adel the Awesome. Uh, and you guys can find me everywhere. As always, Pete, it's been a pleasure. And I look forward to speaking to you real soon, my friend. Fantastic. Likewise, thank you so much, Adil. Have a great weekend, guys. Bye.